you guys are excited, but I'm stoked. It's going to be awesome. Um, just to kind of give us a little background on how we got here to this series of why we, why we think it's so important, um, Bizik and Alex meet um, pretty regularly as far as when we talk about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, our series, and what they mean and why we need to do them. And when the three of us sat down for this one in particular, um, we usually start off by just checking in on each other, talking about things that we're going through, things that we know our group is going through, um, and ways that we see God moving. And we, we want to be open, we want to know what God wants before what we think we know we want, what we think we need. We want to have room for the Spirit to move, and He is absolutely moving. Every single time we meet, it feels like it is huge, big, important things happening, and this was no exception. It was super exciting. Zeke brought up this topic of miracles that he got to in his own personal study, and even the, the next day after we talked about it, we're like, yeah, this is awesome. We had affirmation from you guys. We had affirmation for ourselves through prayer, through consideration, that this is exactly what we need to be talking about. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to start it with you guys. I'm honored to be able to start it with you guys. That being, our said, that being said, our first one is going to be the miracle of healing. Um, and this is a big one. This is a big one to start on, but it's a good one. And um, I want you guys to hear me on this. This is a, this is a real thing. This is something that is not just for thousands of years ago Bible stories. This is stuff for everyday life right now. And it's very real, very apparent. Um, it's been apparent in my life. It's been apparent in those that I've witnessed to talk to about healing, about things like this. And I want you guys to understand the realness that it is. I don't want it to be... I want it to be encouraging. I want it to be one of those things that you hear, like, man, that's that's a great example of Jesus and somebody's life. But I want it to be I want it to be your life. I want tonight to be something that you hear for you. I want you to understand that this healing that we're talking about isn't just for people um, going through crazy and inten intense circumstances. This is this is for us every day. This is for us right now. And I think it's stuff that we need to hear as a group. And I'm excited to share it with you guys. I hope it's I hope it's something. Um, that matters, that is real to you. So uh, that being said, before we get started, I know we've already prayed, but I'm going to pray again just for this message um, and just to give it to God. Father God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for these awesome people that they take time out of their week to come and be a part of this awesome community. That we have a safe and open place where we get to talk about you, talk about what you've done for us, and to just be in your presence, Jesus. We thank you that your death on the cross, your resurrection made all that possible. Lord, as we go into this miracle series, we, we can't help but remember every single day, every single week, the biggest miracle of all was how much you loved us and made all this possible. Jesus, we praise your name for this. We give you all the glory for this. Help it to be your word spoken tonight, not mine, and help whatever I have to say be just, just powerful. Help it to move spirit, work through everybody in this room, and Jesus, take control, as we know you do. We love you so much, and we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. Yeah, guys, I'm so glad you're here. Um, like I said, when we talked about this this next series, Music and Alex, um, it was important for us to not just kind of make it about what we see and like only take our experience and our personal study into the into consideration when we do this. We really want it to be something that we think is going to be impactful for you guys, and we know that there's a lot going on for everybody right now. Um, we have medical stuff going on right now. We have spiritual stuff, and healing is not just spiritual or physical it's it's very much both it's it's real and jesus's type of healing it is very much both so that being said um i wanted to start off with some examples of real real healing that i've either been witness to or that's been <laughs> part of my story um and it's with my family 
So when we were kids, little, little kids, um, my brother, Nate, if you guys know Nate, he's a rock star. I love this kid so much. He's hilarious. He's funny. He's loving. He's caring. He is awesome. He is Nate. And he happens to be Alex's twin brother, if you guys didn't know that. So, what? What? <laughs> and uh, Nate is, like I said, he's the man. But he is, um, he's 23, but he has the mind and body of a 15 or 16 year old kid. It's just very clear to see. It's just like he was held off a couple of years and it doesn't make any sense really, but um, this story kind of goes into why that is kind of where Nate's at. And it started with him being infant age to toddler age. Um, he was super sick as a kid and we didn't really know why. We didn't understand what was going on with him. They took him to the pediatrician and he was, he, he, it was like his body was malnourished. He wasn't getting sleep. He was, he was, suffocating at night like he couldn't breathe right there was all sorts of different things he was deaf it was it was crazy there was no explanation for the things that was going on with me um they took him to to the doctor and they couldn't figure it out and um as as we do in our family my mom prayed she just prayed she's like lord we don't know what's going on our doctors can't help us figure it out right now help us figure this out help us figure out what's going on with me and she prayed and immediately she was told ENT you need to go to an ENT, which is an ear, nose, throat doctor, if you don't know. Um, and there was no real reason behind that. The doctors hadn't talked about going to an ENT, but she knew she just heard God speak to her. ENT, we need to see an ENT. And they did. And right away, they were able to diagnose what was going on with Nate. It was, it was absolutely miraculous, just them being able to figure it out so quickly. But his tonsils were like misshapen, misformed, or too big for his body, and it was causing him to not be able to eat properly. It was causing him to not be able to sleep at night correctly. His body was not generating enough oxygen to his brain because he couldn't breathe. He was suffocating at nighttime. And all this stuff, they, the, the doctors, when they first visited with Nate, my mom and dad, they told them that this is like labeled as failure to thrive is what they called it, which is the kind of thing that like a cracked baby is dealing with. Like all these crazy symptoms and they couldn't figure it out. And then they did. And so they got his tonsils removed and healed, fixed up and he healed and already like right off the bat was able to start recuperating, did physical therapy and different therapy as a kid. And he is with us today and rocking it and it's awesome. Um, that's just one example. Another one, <sighs> this one is about me. This one is about me as a baby. I was probably one or two years old. My mom and dad were living at this apartment complex um, and I had been sick kind of out of nowhere for like going on 15 days. Um, this illness was, it looked like almost flu-like symptoms, but it was mostly me not being able to eat food. I was throwing up. I was constantly puking my brains out and becoming dehydrated because of it. And there was no real explanation for that either. It was. It was scary, and my mom was super worried. It was the, the next option was go to the ER and try to figure it out. If they couldn't figure it out, it was looking at a possible life and death situation. And the way she tells the story is a very intense and emotional thing. And so just thinking about it is an intense and emotional experience. Mm -hmm. But she explained this morning, one morning in the midst of this sickness that I was dealing with as just complete brokenness. My mom was defeated. She didn't know what was going on. She didn't have an answer. My dad was traveling for work because he was supporting us through his job and couldn't be around for all of this. And I was, and I was just sick. And my mom lay down in the living room on our couch and just held me 
on her chest, just held me on her chest like this and was just weeping and praying and asking God to intervene, asking God to be a part of this, to heal me and to take care of me. And in the midst of her prayer, she described something as her hands getting super duper hot. She, she, we joke about it now because it's a great story, but she called it hot hands. <laughs> and anytime we have any kind of situation that equates to miraculous healing, it's, it's hot hands. That's what it is. <laughs> My mom prayed that she had hot hands while she held me. She just held me and her hands became super warm, super heated. And she just prayed and just kept praying. Um, at the time, we had some family friends who my mom describes as being prophetic. And it's not the kind of, like, go on the corner of the street on top of a soapbox screaming at people prophetic. It was, it was the genuine closeness and obedience to God to where if you hear God saying something to you that's meant for somebody else, you have the boldness to share it. And this was that lady to my mom. She was somebody who went to my mom with advice for her and counsel for her. And so she was talking to this lady and just praying with her and talking about me and what was going on with me. And then she told my mom, this was the next day, she told my mom, she's like, Dee, you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to worry anymore because Nick's been healed. He was healed at 9 o'clock-ish yesterday morning. I, I feel God telling me to tell you this. I don't know why, but I need you to know Nick is okay, and he's going to be okay. And so the day before, around 9 a.m.-ish, is when my mom was laying on the couch with me on her chest, getting hot hands. <laughs> and the story is, I, don't, I still, to this day, don't really understand what it means, how it works. I just know that Jesus was present. I know that Jesus was in that situation because immediately the next day, all of the medical things that were going on with me just stopped. I was okay, and I got better right away. I started eating. I was able to keep food down. I wasn't dehydrated, all this stuff, and it was, without a doubt in my mind, miraculous healing. So when I say that this stuff is real for us today, I don't mean it's important for us to consider what these stories mean. I mean, this stuff still happens today. I mean, Jesus' power, his healing, miraculous healing power, still happens today. Yeah. And there's some things I want to talk about along this that will bolster, hopefully, your faith and your belief in this, but then also give you guys some examples of them, my own, to support this and help understand that you are in a position where you can be healed. And it's not just physical. It's this spiritual, physical healing of our hearts, of our souls, of our minds, of our bodies, that is gifted through the Spirit to us. Like, He wants this for us, He loves us, and He has provided this for us, and I want you guys to see it. Um, the best example of this in Scripture, in my opinion, is in John chapter 11. If you guys know the story of Lazarus, you guys can look this up with me. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 43. It's a pretty well-known Bible story, the story of Lazarus. Um, but it's important to me, and I wanted to share this with you guys, because it's not just... Again, it's not just a story this really happened. This was somebody in Jesus' life who was close to him who faced death and came out of it alive because of Jesus. So let's, I'm going to try to get through this real quick because I don't waste a whole lot of time on it. But um, John chapter 11, verses 1 through 43, the story of Lazarus. Um, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and his sister Martha. And this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love, our brother is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. That verse right there is super important because it's, it, it's all what this is about, what I'm, why I'm sharing it with you. This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the 
for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. There's this overarching imagery that I want you guys to hold on to as we describe everything tonight, that it is for the glory of God. All of this that we're talking about is for the glory of God. Everything we do at YA is for the glory of God. We have been gifted the privilege of being a part of a community who is loved by Christ, who is to love each other for the glory of God, and that's, that's what it's all about. So that being said, continue on with the story. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So at this point, the disciples are nervous because they had just left Judea because Jesus had been preaching part of his ministry there, and they had been threatened with death. They were threatened to be stoned. They were run out of town for blasphemy. They were in danger there. And the disciples are like, what? You want us to go back there? And Jesus said, yes, we're going back there. And it's all for God's glory. And so to continue on down, he says to them, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of Lazarus' death, but his disciples thought he meant just actual sleeping. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Jesus is already telling his disciples, listen, we could have gone sooner. We could have done this your way or Mary and Martha's way and just healed Lazarus right away. But for God's glory, there's a bigger picture here, and there's a more powerful experience that God wanted to share, Jesus wanted to share with his disciples, with these people, and 2,000 plus years later with us through this example. <coughs> so fast forward on to their arrival. Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles away from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And already Martha's kind of putting this in her own perspective. She says, yeah, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even, through, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And do you believe this? She says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come to, into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had, been, had met him. When the Jews had been, who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, thinking that she was just going to mourn at the tomb. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him again, just like Martha, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Now, this next verse... It's talked about quite a bit. Sometimes it's joked about as being the shortest verse in all of Scripture, which it is. John 11, verse 35. And it says, Jesus wept. And I don't want to jump past this real quick because it's important for two reasons. One, Jesus loved Lazarus. He loves Mary and Martha. This was a close 
family friend group to him, and he loved them, and Lazarus had died, and he saw all these people and all the discomfort and mourning that they were dealing with, and he had empathy with them. He, he felt their pain, he felt their sorrow, and he came alongside them and mourned with them. He wept. But he also wept knowing full well what he was about to do. He knew exactly why he had come there. He knew exactly why he had waited and why Lazarus was dead now because there was a bigger picture here that needed to be played out. It was God's will, not, not everybody else's. So then the Jews said, See how Jesus loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Again, these people thinking in their own terms. Lastly, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, and was at the cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. The Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. The dude stank. He had been dead for four days, which is all the more reason to be shocked by this. Then <laughs> Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He comes full circle here. He started off by saying this is for God's glory. And he finishes by saying, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you will always hear me, but I have said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. He was alive. Guys, this story is just as real as my stories about Jesus' healing power in my life. 2,000 years ago, this is, this is the kind of Jesus we serve. He, for God's glory, and not according to our will and our plan, raised this man from the dead. We, when we go through illness, both spiritual and physical illness, when we face these things and we pray and we put this box around our situation where we think only God can only operate in this box, we are grossly limiting his power. There are, there are times where we need to go through it. We need to go through it for God's glory. And it's not because God is some sadistic monster or a kid on an anthill with his little magnifying glass zapping people for fun. That's not, that's not the God we serve. But for his glory, the, the greatness of what he can do, he took Lazarus from the dead and healed him. So 2,000 years later in our lives, and I'm, I'm serious, this is real, and it, and it can happen in your life as well, even in the small things, especially in the small things and everything in between to the big things, God still heals. He still works miracles today. And some of the things that keep us maybe from trusting that this is a possibility, I want to talk about some of these things. The first thing is just plain and simple is unbelief skepticism, thinking, you know, this is, this is all scripture, it's great, God did this thousands of years ago, but this doesn't happen today anymore. This isn't, this isn't something that still happens. I, I'm witness to it, and I, I guarantee you, you guys, especially those of you in the church who are involved, who know people, there is somebody in your life who has gone through something like this, who has experienced healing in such a big, huge way, and I encourage you guys to build relationships with your community so that not only can you hear these stories, but that you can be encouraged by them and be built up in a way that you have the faith that God can do that same stuff in your life because he absolutely can. He absolutely can. And not just that. I want you guys to know 
that studying scripture and seeing these examples in scripture, we, we have everything in between that all of the miracles that Jesus performed, all of the sickness that he healed, all the ailments, they were, they were incredible, without a doubt. But that, that wasn't the only thing he did. He raised somebody from the dead. Like that's, that's the last thing. You go through sickness, you have really bad fever, your arm falls off. Like there's things in between that are pretty bad that God still heals and took care of. This man was dead. For four days dead, and Jesus raised him from the dead. If he can do that, he can work in your life. And I want you guys to see that. I really do. So beyond unbelief and struggling with that, one thing that I think we face with that gets in the way of us trusting God and the fact that he can do miracles of healing today is self-condemnation. And I want to explain that a little bit. Um, self-condemnation comes because of a lack of understanding of who you are in Christ. I'm going to say that again. Self-condemnation, thinking that this doesn't happen today, this can't happen in your life, is a failure to understand who you are in Christ. Today, 2,000 years after the fact, Jesus loves you individually, knows who you are, what you're facing, spiritually and physically, knows what you're dealing with, and wants to heal you. He wants what's best for you. We face all sorts of awful, terrible things in our world today, and it's messed up, and it hurts, but it isn't God's will. It was never God's intention for evil to be a thing that is put on to people. Sin entered the world. God allowed it. God allowed us to make the choice to love and chase after him through it for his glory. And this is a great example of that. When we go through sickness, when we go through disease, physically and spiritually, all the more reason for us to believe that he will heal us. And here's where I take it a step further. We have been promised something in Christ. This promise is ultimate healing. It's everlasting healing in the picture of salvation, which is a miracle in and of itself. And we'll talk about that later on in this series. But the miracle of salvation overrules any kind of evil that you will encounter in this life, if you will. And so don't let that limit the fact that death happens, death exists in this world, don't let that limit what Christ is going to and can do in your life today. That's huge. I want you guys to know that. Don't limit him. So don't let self-condemnation play a part in this because you're deserving. Romans 8, verses 1 through 2, you have no more condemnation, condemnation in Christ. You have no more condemnation in Christ. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 talks about coming boldly to God with our prayer, coming boldly into his presence, knowing full well that he has the power to heal us. John 3, 21 through 22, don't feel guilty and receive the answer to your prayer. Understand that the answer may not be what you had in mind. The answer may not be what you want, but God will answer your prayer. Come boldly to him and don't feel guilty about asking. Don't feel guilty or think, I don't deserve this. But and especially when you're praying on someone's behalf. Don't come to God and say, I'm not good enough for this. You do what you Come to God boldly and say, Lord, I know the power that you have in my life. I know the power you have in this person's <coughs> life. Show it to us. God calls us to do so. The last thing to understand beyond our unbelief, beyond our self-condemnation that we need to not have in our life is our need for faith, our reasons to believe. That comes from scripture, all of the countless miracles, and I'm not talking about just healing, but all of the countless miracles that Jesus performed in his ministry. I'm talking about all of the examples that I just, ho hopefully that you guys will start seeing in your lives today. 
use them, talk to people, be in communities where healing has taken place. You have friends who have gone through absolute hell in their lives, and you can listen to their stories in a way that will build you up and encourage you to know this is real right now. Healing takes place right now. And lastly, do not disconnect from Bluetooth. Do not <laughs> let self-condemnation take hold. You are deserving. You are valued and you are worthy of Jesus' salvation, of his healing. And that doesn't just look like fixing your boo-boo. This is literally your entire life, your soul is in his hands. Accept that, believe that, take hold of that, and know with or without physical healing on this earth, you have been spiritually healed for eternity. That's a gift, that's something that needs to bolster your faith and your boldness in presenting whatever issues you're dealing with, whatever ailments that you have, or whatever struggles your family, your friends are going through, present it all to him, because he's got it. Always, he's got it. And I want to close by praying, but before that, I want you guys to understand why we decided to do this series on miracles. This isn't just a pep talk for your week. This isn't just some good advice we thought we wanted to share with you guys. This isn't just our way of flexing our biblical knowledge on you. This is on purpose. This is, we thought this out, we studied together, we brought it up because we know that this is real and this is going on in our lives right now and it matters, not just to us, but to our community. This is stuff that we see you guys struggling with. This is stuff that we know we struggle with and that's why we did this series. It's why we're talking about this and I'm so excited to continue it. So I love you guys, pray with me real quick. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for your undying love and powerful healing spirit that is a part of our everyday lives, not just in huge, big ways once in a while, but constantly in every breath that we take, you've given us life. You have given us this gift of life on this earth in a way that we may be blessed and in a way that we may bless those around us. And Lord, it's for your glory. It's why we do everything that we do. It's for your glory. Jesus came and, and screamed it out. He said it himself. This is for the Father's glory that I am doing this. And he did it. <laughs> Jesus, you, you did it. You died on the cross for us. You rose again, the greatest miracle of all. Forgave us and gave us the very spirit that you've instilled in us to be the power, to be the healing, to be the love in our communities that you want us to be. For your glory, we do it. Jesus, this is not an every once in a while thing. This is an every day, every moment of our lives, miracle that we get to experience, and I ask for your will to be done in all of it. I thank you so much for this awesome group of people, for everybody that's been a part of it, that it continues to grow, that people continue to come here and be loved on, to be shown what it means to be healed physically, spiritually healed, and attached to you, Jesus, for you to be the center of their lives so that they can see what it looks like to live life and life to the fullest. You have not called us to mediocrity. You have not called us to okayness. You've called us to greatness in your name. Let us be fully aware of that. Help us to receive it daily and be bold to come into your presence with our, with our prayer, with our hearts, and with our souls and our very being so that those around us can see just how much they need you, Jesus. We thank you so much. It's an awesome name to pray. Amen. 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 Woo.